0: This is Indian Noir, India's number one horror, crime and dark fantasy storytelling podcast. There were flashes of consciousness as Thadek lay in the back seat of the auto-rickshaw, journeying to God knows where. For a while he thought his head was propped on Raju's lap, but flashes of illumination from street lamps revealed a pallid mask where the young man's enthusiastic face should have been. The scream lay suppressed in his throat. He blacked out again. Another flash of wakefulness... This time the driver, who was previously mute and shrouded in the shadows, turned round to reveal his visage. He too bore the pallid mask, and he spoke. The most precious and holy of duties. Tariq fell unconscious again. He had visions of Vipul's hellish form. His body covered in gore, bloody signs carved into his flesh. And then the final glimpse of his son, dead on a bed of sharp rocks. One of the jagged peaks had thrust into the back of his head and it rose up from inside Vipul's mouth like a mountain birthed from his innards. Vipul, Whipple beta. It was late afternoon when Tarek woke up to find himself sprawled on the steps of the restaurant, which was located below his temporary lodge. His mouth was dry, and his lips were parched. His body ached from being in an odd position for hours. Wakey, wakey! the restaurant owner who was opening up the joint said. He was a wizened old gentleman, dressed in a vest and dhoti, and he wore thin reading glasses on a hooked nose. He said, looks like you've had a night of drinks and drugs. Maybe girls too. Well, that's what tourists come here for these days. Nobody cares about our cultural offerings. Tarek sat up and coughed. The painful memories of the previous night flooded his body with sickening sensations. Grief gnawed at the insides of his brain and an intense buzz assailed his ears. ''No, I'm not drunk. I went to the fort with my guide Raju last night,'' Tarek said. The restaurant owner froze. ''You went to Bangad at night?'' ''Yes, I did, to look for my son, and I saw,'' Tarek began saying. ''You will not speak one more word about what you saw, you fool!'' The man said. But I, Tarek, protested. It follows you. That place. You are cursed forever now. The old man said. My guide Raju, he should be able to... Tarek said. I know all the guides in this town. There is no one named Raju operating tours to Bangard. None of the guides here would dare to take people there at night. The old man said but something in his voice told Tarek he was not being truthful. "'My son's body is still there,' Tarek said, scrambling up to his feet, realizing there was no point talking to the old man. "'I am going to the police to recover my son's body and to get some handcuffs on that cowardly tour guide who abandoned me,' Tarek said angrily. "'The station is on the main street, twenty minutes from here,' the old man said, pointing to the east.' Tarek climbed the stairs to his room gingerly to collect his belongings. He could feel the old man's eyes bore into the back of his head. Do what you have to do and get out of here as quickly as you can. We don't want you spreading the curse around our town, he heard the old man say. Even in the light of the day, the ruins looked menacing but had offered no answers to the search party that combed every nook and cranny of the sprawling estate. Not only did the three policemen and Tarek not discover any evidence of foul play on the mound of rubble located behind the Haveli, there was also nothing to indicate that there were people camping at the fort for extended periods of time. Simply put, there was no trace of Vipul and Ashish. At the end of the search, the inspector pointed to the Archaeological Society of India warning sign at the entrance to the ruins, which barred entry into the area after sundown and handed Tarek a hefty fine. I can't believe educated people like you do things like this, sir. The inspector, a stern man in his forties, said to Tarek, And next time you get on drugs, don't waste our time. When Tariq registered a strongly-worded opposition to their dismissive attitude towards him, the inspector stepped forward threateningly and grabbed onto his collar. You city dogs come here and bring your poison into our communities with your drugs and your alcohol and your wicked habits. Most of them at least have the decency to do their business and leave, but some pests like you stay behind and give us troubles. Get the fuck out of this town before sunset. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I haven't been myself since my son's disappearance, Tarek said, eager to escape the officer's wrath. The inspector let go of him and stepped back. What about the guide Raju? Tarek asked. And the rickshaw driver? The inspector got on his mobile phone to the station and inquired about the research task he had assigned to one of the constables. Ah, Bhuvan, did you find any other courts of Raju who is registered as a guide? The inspector nodded and then sighed. What about the rickshaw driver? Tarek looked expectantly at the inspector's face. Ah, ah, okay, good, the inspector said before disconnecting the phone. The stone-faced man pushed his lips out and shook his head at Tarek. And then he turned and said to his fellow officers, ''Let's go!'' He then returned his gaze to Tarek and said, ''You make sure that you submit the postcard with the original investigative officers in the correct jurisdiction. And don't ever commit buffoonery like this ever again. We have processes in place for a reason.'' They dropped Tarek off at the bus station in the police jeep, which earned him distrustful stares from the locals. One of the officers in the group, an older constable who was close to retirement age, got off at the same destination. He was sympathetic and kind to Tarek throughout the morning as they searched the ruins. There should be a bus to the train station, arriving in 15 minutes. He said to Tarek, ''I am sorry.'' This trip was not fruitful for you. I understand your pain. I too lost my son a few years ago. Tariq nodded vigorously with tears in his eyes. The constable then stepped closer to Tarek, placed his hands on the translator's shoulders and said in a low voice, There is a reason they couldn't find any records about Daju the guide from the station registry. If the person is dead... The application and the permit papers of the registered guide are trashed to save space. Tarik looked at him alarmingly. I remember a Raju from many years ago. He was a guide who used to take tourists. Young kids from the city mostly, out to Bhangad at night. He used to help them film YouTube videos like One Night in India's Most Haunted Place. We warned the fool not to keep pushing his luck, but he liked the extra money he made and his mini-celebrity status from his starring role in some of those videos. That place, it is a portal to something terrifying. He should have listened to us. The sensations and the terrifying experiences from his night at the ruins, came rushing back to Tarek. He felt unsteady on his legs. He tasted acrid bile on his tongue. The constable continued. They found Raju's body in one of the temple pools. The Punjabi boy who came to film the video for his channel was found a few kilometers away in his destroyed car. He crashed into a tree while speeding. I got the impression he was fleeing something. I will never forget the look on the face of that mangled corpse. Tarek leaned against a lamppost, struggling to cope with the shock of what he was hearing. Leave, son while you still can, and for the love of God, never return to that place, the constable said. On the train ride back home, Tarek trolled through hundreds of YouTube videos shot at Bangad before landing on one that chilled him to the bones. It was shot at night on a DSLR with a video light attachment, and there was no doubt that the thin man smiling in several of the night sequences was the same person who had guided him through the ruins. He checked the date. It was uploaded. Four years ago, his head reeled. Raju's final words rang in his ears. It is wet, sir. I feel cold. Was he going mad? Were the things that he had experienced at Bhangad the broken reflections of a shattered mind? Or was it all true? Darik searched Google for testimonies from people who may have had similar experiences. He found several forums referring to horrifying experiences endured by people who were unfortunate enough to encounter a manifestation referred to as the King in Yellow. There were journal articles on a mysterious play about the terrifying entity which was set to cause its reader to descend into madness and tragedy. Didn't his friend Kalki send him a similar play? He couldn't remember the details of what he had read in those pages anymore. He continued scanning the search results. There were paintings victims made of the visions they had of a city on the hill named Karkoza. There were audio recordings of survivors recounting entering portals that suddenly appeared on walls which took them to the shores of a lake called Hali. Its waves a constant concert of tortured screams. There were PDF scans of suicide notes wherein the departed had begged for release from the constant torment in their heads. Images of black stars and dark skies. The sickening glow of the planet Hades. tarek let out a deep and defeated sigh. He placed the phone back into his pocket and leaned his head against the window. Outside, the world passed by in a blur. The metallic sounds of the train and its horn provided him comfort and assurance that he was in the real world. Not the phantasmagoric mind trips offered up by the evil fort complex. Tariq was exhausted. It felt like his body and mind were broken. Where are you, Vipul? Tariq muttered, before drifting off into a dreamless sleep. He was only a few hours from home. He couldn't wait to walk in through the front door. Maybe... Finally, peace and rest and sanity would be afforded to his shattered soul. He was so wrong, so wrong...